Blog Talk Radio. President recognizes Mr. Adams of Massachusetts. Objects of the most stupendous magnitude. Measures which will affect the lives of millions, born and unborn, are now before us. We must expect a great expense of blood to obtain them. But we must always remember that a free constitution of civil government cannot be purchased at too dear a rate, as there is nothing on this side of Jerusalem of greater importance to mankind. My worthy colleague from Pennsylvania spoken with great ingenuity and eloquence. He has given you a grim prognostication of our national future, but where he foresees apocalypse, I see hope. I see a new nation ready to take its place in the world. Not an empire, but a republic. And a republic of laws, not men. Gentlemen, we are in the very midst of revolution. The most complete, unexpected, and remarkable of any in the history of the world. How few of the human race have ever had an opportunity of choosing a system of government for themselves and the children. I am not without apprehensions, gentlemen. But the end we have in sight is more than worth all the means. I believe, sirs, that the hour has come. My judgment approves this measure, and my whole heart is in it. All that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it. While I live, let me have a country. A free country. Talk to Will in Arizona. Thanks for holding her on the air. First off, I am a Prison TV Planet member. Awesome, brother. Go ahead and into your points, and I'll hold you over if need be. Um, if you really want to have an unbridged idea of what is going on today, look at uh, it's actually a YouTube video, but it's a it's a documentary. Uh, Adolf Hitler, uh, the greatest story never told. He actually kicked out a lot of the bankers because they were trying to implode Germany after World War One. And it was the bankers. And when I was watching that, it was five hours long. And I started listening and saying to myself, wait a minute, They're, they are just repeating history. But because we are so dumbed down in the sense of our historical knowledge. Well, I haven't seen the documentary you're talking about, uh, but uh, people can, I guess, check it out for themselves. 
the very well-made, excellent and moving documentary called Adolf Hitler, The Greatest Story Never Told. I want you to do something for me as well, and I would really appreciate it. Before you listen to this interview, I want you to watch the documentary. I know you want to listen to this program right away, but if you haven't already seen it, I want you to stop this program right now and go watch the documentary first. And I'm adamant about watching the documentary because one of the biggest hurdles that the majority of people seem to have, they're basically just kind of set in their ways and they argue that they already know everything that they need to know concerning this topic. Well, I can promise you, people, you don't know one-tenth of it. I seriously had a panic attack after I watched that documentary, The Greatest Story Never Told. And for days afterward, I was really shook, shook up. It, was, it had such a profound impact on me, and, and everything started making so much sense, and I felt so... I mean, I've always felt kind of betrayed by, by the powers that be, but I felt more betrayed than ever. Mm -hmm. and, I started, and I started looking back on my entire life, and yeah. looking back at all the movies that I'd seen. I just couldn't believe it. I thought if they could pull off this, then anything is possible. Anything. Yeah. You know, and uh, that one, you know, I would encourage anybody watching this or listening to this to, to watch that hasn't seen that documentary to watch it and go with, back with and, an open mind. Uh, open mind and listen to that interview that you did with um, Dennis Wise recently. But that's most likely what, what got us censored from iTunes, by the way, too, that show. Yeah, well, that shows uh, it, what we're not allowed to talk about. It's just yeah, it's exactly. off limits, you know. And, that, and that's what when I was going through that sort of panic attack re realization, that was it. That, that was the re that was the big red flag. I was like, oh my god! Like, of course, of course, we're not being told the truth because we're not allowed to talk about this issue. When you're not allowed to talk about something, then that's that's like the red flag right there. If it's off yeah. limits, then that's the thing you need to talk about the most. And and the rule to remember is that history is written by the winner. of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. It is a big idea, a new world order. It was almost as if it were a planned implosion. It just pancaked. Either you were with us, or you were with the terrorists. All right, everybody. Joseph Gibson here, podcasting from Greensboro, North Carolina tonight. It's, uh... I've got a good show here lined up. Usually we do uh, Tuesday nights, uh, 6.30 p.m., and we're with the Republic. But uh, tonight, hopefully, a lot of people from the Republic will be on here because tonight I'm going to have some couple guests. Actually, I'm going to have a couple sheriffs on here um, that I'm going to have to call here. I'm going to told them that I was going to call them live on the show. It, it breaks down the confusion instead of telling people to call in the number, and sometimes they call in early and they don't know, and it screws up the beginning of the show. So I just figured I'd call them. You should be waiting for my call, two of them now. Um... So what I'm going to do is just go ahead and uh, go ahead and make the call now to the first sheriff, and that would be the one out in Michigan. And I'll uh, 
connect to him. I had a conversation with him earlier this afternoon, and uh, I think we're going to have a very interesting conversation about our republic and about uh, the governor out there in Michigan and a lot of things that have transpired and a lot of things that are happening out there and about the status of our republic and really where we're going as a country right now because, as I said in the conversation with, with the sheriff earlier, is that I thought that with the, the wave that they said, the voting that, that took place uh, Tuesday, it doesn't look like that really America is ready. I mean, I just don't think that I, we maybe we have to suffer some more. Maybe we have to have the diesel shortage. Maybe we have to have some false flags. Maybe we have to have, you know, uh, bread lines. Maybe we have to have Social Security checks stop going out. Maybe we have to have the Federal Reserve rates, interest rates a couple more times so the inflation really uh, busts us in the head. Maybe we have to pay $15 for a gallon of milk instead of five. You know, I mean, I don't know. What is it? What is it with the people out there? I just don't know. I just don't understand. What does it take to wake the American people up? And by all means, I don't condone violence or any type of violent revolution. But we, anyone who knows who's been following this podcast for years, and many people I've interviewed and had on this podcast, many controversial people, controversial figures, uh, you could say conspiracy nuts or what have you. I mean, I've, I've had the former prime minister of Canada on here when I broke the story about the Falun Gong, about organ harvesting in China, and uh, the Pelletier case about the CPS case, uh, kidnapping ring that they were. I remember talking about that back in 2014, and then Glenn Beck picked it up. Uh, I had Terry Lapointe on here from Medical Kidnap. Uh, so he, you know all these things that we've talked about over the years, and you think that the people would finally get it in their head. And when I had the Army team on here, and we were putting together a team to go over to uh, combat ISIS, I had Sean Rowe uh, and uh, U.S. Army veterans, Special Forces, and several other uh, military people on here, and we were going to head over there, head over there, and we were going to go go do combat with ISIS. I remember we had it all lined up, put together. He was on the O'Reilly Factor, raised money to, uh, for, for the funding, and Obama shut us down. Shut us down. Nope. Not going to do that. You're, you stay right put where you're at. You don't go messing around over there in our affairs. And, I'm, and that was a big thing, I remember. So I had them come and knock on my door plenty of times to ask questions about that. But, you know, throughout all the years, so tonight, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to bring on the sheriffs and hopefully have a conversation because the sheriffs really are our line of defense in the county level. And putting together committees and assemblies throughout the country, uh, constitutional sheriffs are our own last line of defense of really hanging on to the last thread of our Republican, really what we have left as a country. And before I make the call here to the, to the sheriffs, just think, those of us that are 40, 45, 50, whatever, even those of us that are 60, 70 that are listening, think back 30 years ago, 40 years ago, how different our country looked, how much different the, the, the stage was and what we were talking about. And compared to today, it's got to disgust everybody out there and, and the frustration where what can we do? What can we do? And that's what we're going to try to find out tonight. We're going to try to find out what can we do, and hopefully people from the militia community will uh, be on here. Hopefully Mike will be on here, and he's going to come on, hopefully. Mike Singer there, uh, he's the one that actually put the idea in my head to contact some of these sheriffs, so hopefully he'll be on here. Uh, so let me kind of reach out to these sheriffs, and um, I'm going to call them live right now. And uh, they should be waiting for my call, and 
Just let me type in the number here. It's live radio. We're 100% live. Nothing scripted, scripted or uh, edited. So I like it uh, when I used to call the people and ask them if they accepted Federal Reserve notes, and then they'd... Uh, <laughs> and they say, no, we don't accept Federal Reserve notes here, sir. <laughs> Little did they know that what, what a federal, they didn't even know what a Federal Reserve note was. But um, all right, eight zero. Okay, let me call this first first gentleman right here. Hopefully, that's number right. Yes. How you doing? It's Joseph Gibson calling you from Restoring the Republic, Understanding the Times in which we live today. We're live on the air right now. How you doing, buddy? How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? All right. Um, we I've got a few people on the line with me, also a couple other sheriffs uh, that uh, constitutional sheriffs. But first, if if you can, can you uh, just introduce yourself and uh, maybe just open yourself up like that on the platform first? Uh, sure, Sheriff Leaf, uh, Barry County, Michigan. Uh, serving my fifth term, and uh, I've been at the sheriff's office for about 35 years now, and uh, I did one of those leaps. I went from deputy all the way up to sheriff, was never a command officer in between. I just rolled the dice, ran for office, and uh, here I am. And you got in there. You, you, You ran for office, and the people selected you. So, and that's what's right. so important about the sheriffs. And I just, I did my intro tonight with that actually about the sheriffs. That the sheriffs really are the, the they're they're the highest, uh, I guess you could say, politician in the in the county, right? In the in their city or town and borough, they're they're the elected, they're elected by the people, uh, not like the police right. departments or police chiefs that are appointed. Correct. That is correct. So, as, as out there in Michigan. And I'm going to let you know, I, I didn't mention this to you earlier on the phone, but uh, Michigan Michigan's been on the news a lot with the governor and also with the case with the kidnapping of the attempted kidnapping of the governor, supposedly, with uh, uh, the militia members out there. I, want, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 Barry, Barry Croft actually used to call into the show a lot, actually. He used to call in the show, and several militia members used to call in. And what's the, your opinion on the militia in Michigan? I mean, are, are they these, these, these renegades like the, the federal FBI wants to paint them and these people that are out there, they're ready to snatch up the governor and commit these crimes, these horrific uh, uh, things that, that, that the media is portraying, or are these just regular guys out there that just, that, look, the Constitution says we are all the militia militia technically right so yeah, what what what's the deal here <laughs> yeah um there's all kinds of information on it even the heller case even mentions that and uh that was the most recent one that i know of that mentions it and uh, uh michigan we've always had ever since i can remember when i was a kid in high school i remember the militias being pretty active here in the state and it seems like every time we got a uh very left-wing governor or president, the militias always grew. And uh, <clears throat> and every time the militias grew, they'd put undercover people inside and see about controlling them, get, getting information. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I know you can't. Com- yeah, I know you can't comment in your official capacity on some things, but 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 we know that. 
look, people can be enticed to do, do things and, and entrapped to do things. I'm going to be honest with you. Barry Croft called into his show many, many times, and never once did he advocate violence or doing anything to horrendous. He was just a, a three-percenter type of guy and believed in his country and, and, and just was worried about it and, and wanted to see things change. And I don't know what the specifics of the case, but you know, apparently they were attempting to kidnap the governor of your state, and now two of them are sitting in jail. Two of them have been acquitted, actually, but two of them are sitting in jail now awaiting sentencing, I believe, and, uh, and Barry's one of them, and that's a shame, really, because I don't think that I just don't think that it unraveled the way it should have unraveled the case. And I believe the hung jury the first time, the prosecutors, but look how much money they spent, I mean, to prosecute these good gentlemen. So it's just... Well, and then, and well, also but yet, to, also have to yeah. question one other thing on that. You're, you're the defendant, there's the prosecution, you're picking the jury, and uh, you both agree who the jury is going to be. You go, the jury's sworn in, that's when double jeopardy kicks in. You go through the trial, prosecution couldn't get a conviction because it has to be unanimous, and it's what they call the hung jury. Constitution says you're not supposed to be put twice in jeopardy. Why are we allowing that? Correct, yeah. Well, we're allowing that because we have a de facto corporation that's really hijacked our country, and we've lost our way, and we've lost our history, and we don't understand really throughout history what has happened and transpired. Many people aren't taught that in school today, like we discussed earlier. The children have been attacked at a very young age, and the Communist Manifesto and the Communist, uh, the progressive movement since the 1900s has really, really infiltrated our schools so badly and so effectively now that I don't know if we can turn things around. You know, I really don't. And and just before I connect, I got Mike Singer on the phone on, on the line with me. He's uh, he's uh, from Florida, and uh, he probably wants to interact with us too. Um, he's from the National Militia Movement, and he's trying to basically get build a righteous, the righteous people from around the country that say, hey, you know, the people have a right to address address their representatives lawfully. Of course, we don't condone any type of violence whatsoever. We're not talking about people out there that are listening. We're not talking about storming capitals. We're talking about lawfully addressing our government through our elected representatives. That's what the people are allowed to do through the Constitution. This show is, supports the Constitution and law. Law. We're a country of laws. Okay? So, um, with that being said, What's the big before I connect, Mike? What's the biggest obstacles in your county that you're facing right now? I heard some some things last night when I was talking to um, uh, what's his name, uh, Mr. Martin. There, uh, some things, obstacles that you're facing or, or accusations that are happening. I, I don't know. Is it gossip? I don't know. But can you just open up to me or, and tell me what in your county? What's the biggest things that you that's a challenge to your office as being sheriff in your county today, right now in 2022? I'd have to say denial. Way too many people are in denial of what we're facing right now, and that's that communist movement. And uh, they don't understand it. Uh, you know, you go look at it. It's been going on since, what, 1919 when the Communist Party started in the United States here and funded by Joseph Stalin himself. And uh, then the ACLU started less than a year later in 1920, and their job was to go protect the Communist Party because they were going to stir the pot. And uh, i tell you what, they did a really good job, didn't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people <laughs> are in denial that, that all that history exists because they can still take their child to a soccer game. They can still go to high school football games, but they don't see that the taxes that are paying unnecessarily. They don't see 
the uh, uh, collection of data on you daily, um, the like Facebook, how much of the information you put on Facebook is sold to our CIA or to our federal government? No, I never thought about that. that. No, oh. Yeah, yeah, and and they don't they don't understand that that's pretty serious. Yeah, it violates our Fourth Amendment, right? Our Fourth Amendment violates our constitutional Fourth Amendment rights, correct? I mean, uh, I I would think so. Yeah, because in Michigan here, we got handgun registration. And people are going, oh, that's no big deal. Well, guess what? Michigan just flipped completely blue. The House and the Senate, we we were red with the House, Senate, Governor, Secretary of State, Attorney General. Well, then... Then all of a sudden, one election, they got attorney general, governor, and secretary of state. Secretary of state, uh, first or second week in office, goes out and does a contract with that Eric. I don't know if you're familiar with Eric or not. Yes, I am. The Electronic Registration Information Center. And uh, they don't understand what the chess pieces are that are being set up. And now we have this handgun registration. Come January, there's going to be a flood of gun grabs by by those uh, Democrats. And I don't want to call them Democrats because um, there's some conservative ones we have here still in Michigan. This is the Communist Party overtaking of the Democrat Party. Amen. That's uh, correct. Well, where where did they go? Where'd the Communist Party go? Right right around the yeah. 80s. Where'd they go? Yeah, they took over the Democrat Party, and they they That's right. were slowly taking it over for years. Well, so anyhow, the denial of the people that open their eyes and see that big picture when. Yeah, but you being on the front line sheriff, sheriff, the elected representative, uh, oh, tell me something. I've, I talked to Stephen Reams out in Colorado. Uh, I can name many sheriffs that I've spoken to over the years. They said, when yeah. it comes to the Constitution, yeah, I'm about the Constitution, and that's it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the interviews. Uh, they even had them on Fox News. You know, hey, this sheriff, he says if you violate the Constitution, you know, he'll arrest you. You know, and he's going to enforce the Constitution, stand by the Constitution. And they try to put their media spin on it. Even Fox News does it. But, you know, uh, you obviously appear to be a sheriff that's going to stand for the Constitution. They try to do a gun grab that's unconstitutional. Uh, uh, or an executive order if Biden doesn't get his way through the House or the Senate and get a, a, uh, something passed lawfully through the, uh, constitutionally, which violates our Second Amendment rights anyway. But if he doesn't go through the process and signs an executive order, because he's already said he wants to come after the assault weapons, and he said he's going to come after them like a devil. That's what he said the other night. Uh, he, he signs an executive order. They come in. The feds come in and say, Sheriff, we're going to come in your county. Uh, we're we, we're going to... Start snatching. We, we need to go. These are a list of people that have uh, assault weapons. Um, you with us or not? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I will be interested. Amen. That. Yeah, because that's a property crime. That they're they're taking your property and they they're planning on permanently depriving you of that property, and that's a crime. They cannot do that. The Heller case was clear. Commonly yep. owned firearms, and then he even explained the militia. And he was right on the militia. The militia is the people themselves. You cannot lawfully disarm the militia. And then I love the uh, well-regulated. Oh, that means we get to regulate the heck out of it, and we can tell you what guns to own. So much <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it does not. It does not say that anywhere. The word regulated means we have to be regularly ready to go. That's regular. Well, they close it That's out like, with shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. Oh, what yeah, does that yeah. not mean? I mean, come on. Yeah. You know? Well, and the fact the courts won't use that because 
Well, back then they didn't have nuclear weapons. And I remember, <laughs> I remember talking to a well, I was teaching a concealed pistol class, and I had a woman bring that up way back. This is when we first got our concealed pistol um, licensing, and uh, she says, "Well, the way you view the Second Amendment, we should all have nuclear warheads." And I looked at her and smiled and said, "Well, we wouldn't be on you know, thirteen trillion dollars in debt now, would we?" And uh, <laughs> and and I I was saying that smile just to kind of get her to smile, but. I think she yeah. understood after I said it what it was about. Amen, amen. I'm going to bring on Mike. He's, a, he's the national militia coordinator right now. I'm going to bring him on. He's very well spoken. Mm-hmm. Bring him on. And I see 623-806. I'm going to be careful with the calls here. Like I said, I'm not trying to – I know i got a couple other sheriffs here waiting in the wings. So uh, let me bring on 305. Uh, Mike, go ahead. You're on, Mike. Go ahead. You're with uh, our sheriff here from Michigan. Uh, you heard the conversation. You were here waiting. You're, you got the floor. Mike, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. You're unmuted. All right. I guess he's these. I don't. I don't have him unmuted. Mike, are you there? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't okay. realize my All right, phone go ahead. was muted. Um, yeah. Good evening, Joe, and good evening, Sheriff Darleaf. Really a pleasure and an honor to be here with uh, with both of you. So yeah, let me run by you know what I um, always promote as being you know a blessing that was given to me. I was inspired, I believe. I mean, I, am, I do believe that our battle is a spiritual battle, and there is a, a moral aspect to everything that we're doing. Um, you know, the whole idea of the reality that the United States, the whole world has been infiltrated and hijacked by a new world order, one world government regime, which is a godless communist regime. People always associate communism with China or Russia. No, those are just other nations, and they should be permitted to run their affairs however they choose. Um, the communists that have infiltrated and hijacked the government of the United States of America, they use their money to bribe and buy off and pay our elected uh, government officials, um, which is obviously a big problem. So the last two years, because of the global pandemic, scamdemic BS that they put on their depopulation campaign, I spent two years um, building the bigvirushoax.com to put the cream of the cream of information regarding viruses, what they are, what they're not, the science behind it, vaccines, what's in them, the merging of technologies with vaccines, how they're trying to use this whole thing as a manipulation and control tactic over humanity as well as a depopulation campaign. So I, I really prayed in earnest for, for months unto our Heavenly Father, the Creator God Almighty. And I said, please give me, you know, what is the solution here? At thebigvirushoax.com, I created a page called the Patriot Action Plan and Patriot Action Warriors. That was my initial, you know, kind of putting out ideas of, come on, man, where are all the people that are going to stand up for their dignity and their rights? And, and I pointed out that the, the United States Constitution, Bill of Rights, Federal Civil Rights, those, those laws don't give us our rights. Those laws protect our God-given inalienable rights of individual sovereignty, self-determination, free will, liberty, responsible freedom, which is another issue because we know that these hey, communists – yes. Um, I want to put it in a little bit of perspective, what you just said there. Uh, I don't know how many listeners you have out there, but – if you go look at that constitution, it's actually job descriptions. Okay? You have a yeah. job description yeah. for the president. You have a job description what the courts are supposed to be doing. You have a job description for the House of Representatives, the Senate, and they're not supposed to be going in each other's jobs. So I tell people to look at it like a union shop. If you're a press operator, 
and the light bulb goes out above your press, do you change that light bulb as the press operator? Well, the answer to that is no, and people ask, well, why not? Because it's not his job. And if we kind of look at... That's a great, great, yeah. that's great. I like that. That's not, yeah. I like that. that, that yeah, no, I appreciate that as well. It makes sense, and it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with uh, another thing that some people will often kind of reference to me, you know, that, that the Constitution is actually just, you know, it, it has nothing to do with our rights. To, it, you know, it limits the government, right? It's, it's checks right. and balances on the government. Um, but, you know, I guess I'm looking at it from the reverse perspective. But, Mike, that, do you have a direct is, question? Real quick, do you have, a, do you have a, something sure. that you want to address with the sheriff? Because obviously our, well, our yeah, mission yeah, here is yeah. to connect the sheriffs around the country with Sheriff Mack, constitutional sheriffs, yeah, other sheriffs around the country that are constitutional, that are going to stand for the republic no matter what. Because like this sheriff just said, you know, his state just flipped. And they're coming for this communist. These communists are coming for us. They're going to come for our guns. They're coming for our rights. Uh, they're going to take them. We, we need these sheriffs. We have to have them. We need them. They're our brothers. They're our sisters out there. You know. Yeah. So I guess what I want to do is I- I express what it is that I'm doing. I believe by inspiration and get the sheriff's feedback on it. Essentially, it came to me that the answer lies in the simple step-by-step narrative of, yes, we the people, we the people across the board are the militia. That's where the militia comes from. We're the militia. But I recognize that there's, I believe, a psyop that has been put out for decades to give people a wrong idea or a wrong impression or at least a negative impression about the militia being a bunch of good old boys, white boys in the backwoods with guns that are getting ready to commit acts of sedition and, 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 and uh, you know, insurrection, right? So I, I believe that that was put in place not only to uh, deter people, but it, it, it's a double psyop because it makes a lot of people think, oh, yeah, the militia is going to take care of it. They're in the, in the backwoods doing their thing, when in reality that's not happening at all. In fact, this whole private in the backwoods you know, militia groups that are saying we're in secret, that is the FBI trying to ensnare people, trying to entrap people. Oh, come over here and let's see how hardcore they are so we can get something on them to take them into custody. So what came to my mind is that what we need is to recognize that since we the people are the militia, we literally need to have in every single county throughout every single state essentially a militia headquarters where there is a point of contact, a point man, two or three or four of them, county coordinators, state coordinators that are there to say we're going to do gun safety training once a month. We're going to work in friendly cooperation with our constitutional sheriffs. We're going to have monthly meetings on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Codes and what our laws and rights are. We're going to have be a community organizing effort, not wearing camis and sneaking in the backwoods, but wearing T-shirts that say Second Amendment, I am militia, right, Second Amendment, you know, lawful and peaceful until forced to defend our community, right? So it's a, it's a grassroots up, we the people connecting and organizing. So I created RighteousArmy.org under the premise that it's those of us who are of like mind that really need to do that, which would generally be people considered center to right, Christians, patriots, truthers, Trump supporters, because a whole bunch of the people that are to the left, especially the far left, they don't like the Second Amendment anyway. They don't like the Constitution anyway. So while the militia is for everybody, there's th- this nation's divided. So when I say those of us who are of like mind, to the most part, I believe it can be narrowed down to here's the things that we all agree upon, traditional family values, God, moral virtue. Here's the things we're opposed to. 
We're opposed to a liberal, progressive, transsexual, transgender, new world order, depopulation agenda, and, and transvestites dancing in the kindergarten classes for our children. We're opposed to all of that. So it's those people that need to unite and organize in their counties, grassroots, based on common law. Charles has talked about common law courts. I was pleased to hear this afternoon that uh, Sheriff Darleaf is big time into the common law and has groups where they discuss common law. So these are issues that need to be discussed in friendly cooperation, the militia leaders, the, the, those that are taking the reins to say, yes, I'm going to organize we the people in our community based on the fact that we are militia and it's a new flavor, a new understanding. We're going to be a community organizing, community effort thing here where, again, gun safety, an annual barbecue, right? Um, you know, we're working together county to county, state to state. And yes, um, people asked me early on, well, man, Mike, how are you going to organize all the different militias? I said, there's not a bunch of different militias. There's only one. We, the people, are the militia. The, only to the extent that it should absolutely be based upon county and based upon states. So we need three or four or five county coordinators organizing their county. We need uh, three or four or five state coordinators helping to organize all the counties yeah, Mike, in their Mike, state. Mike, we got all that. Mike, we got all that. But I just want you to, to, to like, coincide here with the sheriff here because i got a couple other sheriffs here on the line also um, and other yeah, numbers like here. But just know, watch, like to, give me like a direct question the for the sheriff. Like, I know you're passionate about the militia. But I, 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 God bless you, but, you know. <laughs> Well, not everybody's, familiar, not everybody's familiar with what I just presented. Most are stuck in this concept of the good old boys in the backwoods, and they don't see it in the way I just described it. Um, in fact, when I had a militia meeting with Brian Hunt and eight other uh, you know, militia court, uh, commanders from several states, they all had that stereotypical in-secret kind of you know, thing going on, what I was expressing to them pretty much everything I said now. So frankly, yeah, I'd love to hear the – uh, sheriff's feedback on that approach, that new flavor, that understanding, that awareness, that connectivity. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, thanks. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking a breath for you. <laughs> uh, reality is this. We call it, you guys call it militia, but at the sheriff level, it's the posse, and it goes under the posse comitatus laws. And what shuts down a lot of the posses throughout the state here in Michigan is the insurance companies. The insurance companies don't want to pay more, and because uh, you're going to get sued, you're going to they're going to try and sue the posse out of existence, and that's how the, the left works. The biggest problem we have is education. It's been so kept such a secret. You know, you want to talk about secret meetings? Well, the secret is is they don't teach us in our schools. They don't teach that as an actual duty. And how many people knew out there that there's basically uh, two functions of a militia? One, obviously, is an armed person to protect the land. But anytime you do jury duty, you're doing militia-like duty. That goes all the way back to the uh, uh, 12 tribes of Israel. And so we just didn't come up with this idea of a militia. What happened is that Second Amendment, it says a well-regulated militia. So that word a tells everybody that it's a militia that already exists. And so we need Correct. to start showing our, our, our children and uh, uh, young teens and uh, college students, hey, this is what this is about. And I agree with you. It's not all about sitting back in the backwoods because if you were to activate a militia, um, it's like an army. You're going to have to have uh, somebody who can cook, somebody can maintain vehicles, uh, I mean, negotiators, uh, you're going to have to have people who yeah. nowadays look up at 
tech stuff that you're going to have to have people in with a militia. So it's not like the old days where you arm on up and uh, go take on the Redcoats. Uh, and you, t- and you brought whole... up something, uh, Sheriff. You brought up something, too, uh, like, for instance, back in Michigan days, Norm Olson. Uh, I'm sure you remember him, Norm Olson. He was uh, the, one of the founders of the militia community in the 90s, actually, when they went before the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. I played clips of uh, him uh, questioning uh, what was going on. And the thing of it is is that we look at all these patriots like yourself, who are now, who's not, you said, you know, when you were younger and you've grown up now, the militia community, how it was different and how it's changed, and and then how we we get one of these liberals in office, uh, like your governor, and, and, they, the militia population will become, grows, and then there's an attack on them, and there's an arrest. Like, if you, I remember, I've been in this patriot community so long now, I started out 17 years old, I remember the Montana Freeman uh, uh, out there. I remember that big story. And, and then oh, yeah. Randy Weaver, you know. Uh, so that's when I actually woke up and said, what's going on here? You know, and started, and, but really, Sheriff, you have a whole different world. You're a, you're a sheriff. You have a you are, you you deal with everything that's going. A lot of things that are going on in your county. I, I looked at your page, your Facebook page, and uh, you know, the amount of sheriffs you have, and you supervise, and uh, your deputies you have, and your county is obviously growing and expanding. And and but the cities that surround you are so different in aspect and population wise. Is that a, is that a, do you see that affecting you? Before I start, I want to connect to some other callers that are waiting. I, well, thank you for waiting. I appreciate it, guys, that, that are waiting on the line. But do you see this um, affecting your county at all? Because you say your county is pretty much awoke, and you're, you're all pretty well, much like-minded individuals, and you know, which is great. I mean, it's, it's a great place to go live and, we, and, we and, a, and go to. But go ahead. Yeah, we have a large we have a large deer hunting farming. Um, redneckish, I guess you want to call it, uh, population here. And uh, we even have, uh, it's getting more and more diverse, but it's kind of funny because the diversity I'm seeing coming in here, they're kind of redneckish too. And uh, uh, so one of the things I like doing to people is I like giving them examples of current militias or current posses that were formed and how they were effective. And one of my favorite ones is Flight 93. You know, these guys are getting phone calls because the jet was flying low enough to where they were getting signal on their cell phones and their family and their loved ones are saying, hey, you got to do something. These pilots are going to crash this plane into, uh, I think it was going to be into the White House, and uh, you guys are all going to be killed. What did they do? They formed a militia right there. And uh, I like saying that they didn't even have to get a permit for that. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> they formed right. a militia and saved probably hundreds if not thousands of lives. And uh, that's a prime example of a more modern-day militia. Uh, we had a guy who Correct. torched a, a patrol car here in Hastings and took off running from the Hastings officer. Three or four guys surrounded him and took him down for the officer. That's your militia. That's your pot. That's your militia. Yeah, and, that's your militia. Yes. Yeah. Yes, those Amen are just some, some yeah. easy examples for the public to understand that. And That's what the militia duty. is, exactly. Yep. Yeah. There are God-given duties, uh, you know, uh, and whatnot. But I got 623. Uh, 
I don't, I don't know who you are. I'm going to connect you. Six two area code six two three. Connect you and then eight zero six. And then I got Charles here waiting three two five three two five. And he's our common law expert, so yeah, I'm sure he'll have a a good question here. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully that might be another sheriff here. But let's see six two three. Go ahead. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Um, this is actually Joe Malone from uh, yesterday's broadcast. I'm the state coordinator for Righteous Army for the state of Arizona and uh, Maricopa County. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought up Barry Croft because, and uh, he's, you know, to some people he's just a guy in the newspaper, but that's actually a a friend of mine, and we were talking in 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 groups in chats, and along with uh, I don't know if you know about Casey Massey, or if you're familiar with him. Yep, Casey, yep, Casey story, Casey story down at the border, yes. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, when there got to a point where Casey just didn't want to live anymore in this environment and th- with this government, and he took off in the woods and decided to go out on his own terms. And me and Barry were actually talking about being the guys who were going to go search for his body after he decided to just leave on his own terms. He got pushed to the fringes, and that's what the, the federal government will do. And when I was campaigning on a platform as a constitutional sheriff, uh, for Maricopa County in 2020, and I was illegally searched by the FBI, taken into custody, denied bail, all over possession of a firearm, and saying that it was prohibited possession, and it, it came down to things like stalking horse doctrine, things that the de facto courts actually say are illegal searches. And and I and then my lawyer was a leftist who wouldn't defend my case. I tried to fire her. And I couldn't even do that. Couldn't represent myself. You know, it 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 was it was bizarre. And even when the FBI wrote their report on my beliefs and my freedom of conscience and put it in a document saying, based on and this is their exact words, they say based on Malone's belief in strict adherence to the Constitution of the United States, he is a threat to homeland security. And I don't I don't get how you can be any more treasonous. Than that. Well, I want, I want to put but, this out there for the sheriffs. Yeah, I want, well, let me put this out there real quick, just real quick. I'm going to throw this out there. You know, are the FBI the, the big bad guys out there, the big bad wolf? I mean, surely I've met FBI agents. I mean, I mean, you just said Homeland Security. Their job is to protect uh, also. And, and, you know, are there bad apples? Are there people with an agenda, a liberal agenda? I, I don't know. What's your? I'm throwing this out there on the floor. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I, I believe that there's good in everybody. I just We have to find it. And you have to pull it out of people before they get lost. That's how my opinion anyway. You know, we're all God's children. But, you know, but some of us get lost and there's nothing we can do. It's too late, you know, and then the end comes, like you just said about KC and with Barry, you know. And Barry was a friend of mine also. He called this podcast show, I've said in the beginning, many, many times. I speak to him many times off the air. Um, and I don't believe those things did. he did. I don't believe those things that what they said. I don't believe it because I had private conversations with him. But with all, due, with, with all due respect to the FBI, are they this big bad agency that's working for the new world order? Uh, they're going around prowling around at sheriff's departments and 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 you know are they? I mean, uh, let me ask my guest, the sheriff, first. I mean, have you had any dealings with the FBI or what's your opinion? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but <laughs> I had them do a search warrant on my place, and oh uh, every media was setting up their satellites in there before I even got to the back of the office. And uh, wow. had to do with whether or not somebody was uh, killed in the line of duty. 
and uh, and he was an undercover officer, so it was a difficult decision. And um, at one time I said it was, and I said it wasn't. Then, like today, I, I really don't know. And yeah. so they did a search warrant in my office. But the search warrant was about three months after I sent Boehner. Remember uh, Boehner when he was a uh, Speaker of the House? I sent him a letter saying yep, yep. that they were gun control, that they were trying to pass with a, after Sandy Hook wasn't going to be welcome in my county. And three months later, they wow. decided to do a search warrant on a case that was like five years old, almost five years old. And uh, then they sat on it and sat on it and sat on it, and I got somebody running against me, and that's his number one thing is how embarrassing it was that the FBI come into his search warrant, and reality is they signed a consent form. What do you want? Here's your consent form. And Yeah, uh, search. Go um, ahead. I got nothing to hide. Yeah, yeah. Go, go look, go look. And uh, that's, I, as I say, that's the one mulligan. Um, so, so basically, you know, it, uh, what I'm saying is true. That they they have bosses. They have bosses with an agenda, and these guys are out for their paychecks. And really, they need to like step back and say, "Hey, you know, do the right thing." You know, if you're an FBI agent out there I'll listening, start, and I'm sure there is, I'm sure they are listening right now. <laughs> well, um, let me let me tell know, them I, this then. Let me, let me tell them this. Okay. Because Roger Stone, when they did that raid on Roger Stone's house with all that military equipment, could you have handled that with a phone call? The guy's 63, 64 years old, had grandkids. Uh, same thing with Clive and Bundy. Clive and Bundy went through all of this airport security, so he was sterile from any weaponry. They go land his jet, and I forgot what airport it was. Rather than going to the terminal, they take him way on out to the tarmac, and they surrounded the place with a tactical team. The guy was 73 wow. years old when that happened. Yeah, so I know. I've followed my question is, yeah. yeah. My question is, is what the hell are you guys thinking? Is it something you can handle with a phone call? Now you're doing third world acts. You're doing basically Nazi tactics, and that's a violation of your oath. You just said a mouthful right there, a violation of your oath, that you swear an oath to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And you and I had a conversation earlier. I'm going to connect the next caller here, 806, and then i got Charles. Um, sure. uh I appreciate the time you're spending with me here on the on the phone line uh, here tonight. Uh, it's awesome, awesome conversation. Um, but you know, we they take an oath, and I put on a uniform. And I when I first put the uniform on, I was like, eh, you know, look, you know, no, you know, and I see the public, the general public, and their disdain for for that badge, for that uniform, and, and the attitude I get. Hey, sir, you can't park right there. Uh, I'm going to have to write you a ticket if you don't move. You know, you got to move. You know, go to F this, F that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, you know, take it easy. I'll help you out here. I'll, I'll move, help you move your car, you know. And they just, uh, that's the attitude. They hate the authoritative uh, aspect of our laws. We're our country of laws. There, the reason why you can't park there is because you're going to cause an accident. There's eight cars behind you that have to get around you right now. <laughs> so you have to move, you know, <laughs> right? Safety. <Yeah. laughs> right. But they don't see that. Hey. But they see the uniform, and they hate me, you know? Hey, Joe. Can yeah, I ask you a question that I was wanting to get yeah, to? Because sure. uh, in my situation, I noticed that it was basically like the death from a thousand cuts. I saw so many unconstitutional practices being implemented, and when it came time to fight in the court, you know, even the rights to a speedy trial and a lawyer who would actually defend my rights and trying to fire, like, it, it, 
it turned into a, 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 a case that would drag out for over a year and they wear you down with your ability. And it's all because of little deviations over a long period of time that have infected our Correct. American jurisprudence. And what I, I wish like I, I would have had, cause I was even writing letters to Sheriff Lamb and I had one of my buddies who was trying to contact Sheriff Lamb and say, look, this guy's a political prisoner and he's in your County. And I, I just I wish I would see more constitutional sheriffs start to stand up and do something about the little deviations, like even felon prohibitions. Felon prohibitions are not justifiable under the Constitution, uh, and it's the little things. I know you guys have to deal with the political aspect too, but when we allow the little deviations, they become precedent. And if we stood up against that in 1968 when they first created it, maybe we wouldn't be here. All right, he can comment on that. Go ahead, Sheriff. Go ahead. You want to make a comment? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things they should have handled way back when, and we wouldn't be here. Uh, yeah. I mean, where do you start with that? Uh, I know. And I'm not saying that be, to be demeaning to you at all, because I, I understand. Uh, yeah. See, there's also uh, some of these titles. Uh, oh, shoot, what is the title? I think it's the 83s. Where it talks about if we um, are, do our job, but we step outside of our boundaries of our job, we can help be held personally liable for that. In other words, I can't yeah, use government your money to go yeah, protect you're, you're myself. Yeah, color of yeah. law. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the same thing goes if I unlawfully house somebody in, in a jail. And I, uh, boy, I wish I had a great answer for you on that, but I. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, you go yeah. look at uh, these these guys here in Michigan here with the FBI and that plot against their governor, and some of the stuff the FBI did was just, you know, what are you thinking? You, know, you can't yeah. be yeah. offering yeah. Enticing them. Yeah. a card yeah, for, with $5,000 on it. The guy turned it down five times. And, you know, at what point are you going over that line? And uh, it's... I don't know. I, I agree with you, but but at the same time, though, you know, working undercover work. You know, I've worked undercover. Uh, people uh, that know me on here and they've accused me. You're an undercover fed. You don't know. No, I'm not. But I, you know, years ago I, I worked undercover, and like I said, I put on the uniform now as 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 an officer, and I understand the disdain and the mistrust. But there's there's procedure that has to be followed because the general public doesn't understand that, and that's where we get the separation of of the people and the official capacity that. Sheriffs or law enforcement or the the other agencies are working in, and then we get this conflict and you get this hatred and disdain, and there has to be an answer. There has to be a happy medium, and maybe it's the Constitution. Just obey the Constitution, like Ron Paul used to always say. Um, I'm going to yeah. connect to 806. 806, go ahead. You've been waiting a long time, and then I got Charles in two, three, four, and then uh, we'll get ready to wrap it up. I got nine, oh nine seven oh two uh, from Colorado. Go ahead. 806. So this. This is Eric. Um, I, I, you know, you guys are talking about law, and you're, got, you're talking about the Constitution. And first off, I want to commend the sheriff for um, for doing what he's doing and, and, and standing up for his community um, and upholding the Constitution. But I think the, the root of the problem here, like the issue you were just articulating, it boils down to a very simple issue, and that is is that our government, our country, has been usurped by a corporation and has turned U.S. citizens into property 
and they no longer have inalienable rights. I don't know which constitution is being upheld by by the sheriff, but um, there's three. And so if you're upholding the Constitution for the United States of America, well, then you support the 14th Amendment. And when you go and you start enforcing statutory law and codes, you're violating in every conceivable way the unalienable rights of the people. And so that would be my first question is which Constitution is it that we're standing for? And then the other part of my question is um, in your county, you know, you, you mentioned insurance earlier, and one of the biggest issues that the counties face whenever a sheriff like yourself steps up is the fact that you're still incorporated, and therefore you are operating a government franchise, and you are an agent of the government franchise that's controlled by the federal territorial government. And so are you trying to unincorporate your county and establish your common law courts um, just, you know, in general? That's a good question. That's a good question, yeah. Well, the problem is, is how? How do you do all that? There's no instruction manual on it, and this has been ingrained. I mean, you're talking to police academy. They don't teach much on the Constitution. They teach court opinions, and they gear their training toward those court opinions. When you talk about use of force stuff, it's our training is geared towards the latest opinions. So how do you take that and then, like I said, in a, in a four-year term and turn that to where they're, con- they're uh, um, common law courts? How do you do that? And uh, then you're going to have a problem with convincing the judges because there's a lot of power with those judges in that system we're in right now. And then uh, you have prosecutors, you have the public you have to sell this to because it's all the been indoctrinated into them. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. <clears throat> the bar, yeah. This is over 100 years old now. Well, they're yeah. violating the law. The bar, the bar they're, they're foreign adversaries operating as privateers on our soil. So they're actually in mm-hmm. violation of the law. And the judges that are benched right now are in violation of the law because they're not upholding the Constitution via the original document. They're upholding the Constitution of the corporate um, entity, the corporate United States. But, that, but, Eric, that's how the flow of the country went after the Reconstruction Acts. And that's, you know, the Civil War. What are we going to do, go back and fight, refight the Civil War? I mean, I just, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here because uh, I'm going to stick up for the sheriff and say, well, the sheriff, you know, he's sworn officer. He's got to uphold the Constitution the best way he can. And I know he swore an oath and, and to uphold the Constitution. I know Charles wants to get in here, and I'm going to get him in here. I know he's our common law expert, too. And Eric is very well versed, very knowledgeable in this, and he's doing a lot of things in the country right now to uh, try to wake people up to what we were talking about. Like you said, you said, Sheriff, how do we do this? Um, but to take the side of the sheriffs, you know, they have people they have to answer to and their constituents also. You know, remember, they, when they go home at the end of the day, they got families. You know, we all do. And where does this end? Where does it begin? You know, where, what do we do? Right now we got a, the most perfect system in the world. Whether we hate it, we love it, or whatnot, it's the most perfect system around the world right now. So... Maybe we just tweak it, and that's what they're doing? Or do we flip the script and go back in time? What do we do? I don't think you can say that about the American judiciary. It's it's really the most dystopic nightmare in the world, worse than 
many countries. I would agree with okay. that. I, 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 I work internationally with attorneys, and I would absolutely agree with that, that our court system, our judiciary is just flipped on its head. Before I yield the floor, I, I, you know, Sheriff, I, I would like to offer my knowledge and the work that I do to you um, it, to benefit your community. Um, you know, I work with Charles and several other people throughout the country. In fact, I'm in Tennessee right now. I'm, I'm from Texas. That's where my home is. But I, I'm currently in Tennessee, and I travel the country, and I work with counties throughout the country to help them reestablish their common law. And it's really not as complex and as hard as most people think that it is. It's just a foreign concept to them. And I'm sure Charles will agree and have more to add. I yield. All right, thank you. That's great, and that, and, that, and yeah, that 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 offers on the table. And sh- uh, sheriff, maybe before we uh, depart here tonight, uh, you can comment on that. Um, let me uh, let me uh, connect uh, Charles. Let me see. Uh, he's been waiting a while here, and I got nine seven zero from the Republic of the United States dot org. I believe. I believe that's my friend from the Republic. Uh, go ahead, Charles. Go ahead. You. Everyone's mentioned your name here. Go ahead. You're the expert here, the common law expert. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, you're unmuted, Charles. Oh, okay, I was yeah. Muted. Sorry. No, no, hang on, there he goes. There he goes. Yep. You're unmuted now. Go ahead. I'm sorry, that was my fault. Go ahead. You're unmuted. All right, thank you. And and uh, Eric is a talented guy, and so is Michael, and so is Joe, and uh, I've been working with them in the past, and it's uh, I'm delighted that. Um, uh, Joe has been able to pull together um, uh, yourself, Sheriff Leaf, and uh, apparently a few other sheriffs here, too. This is really great work that Joe um, is putting together. Um, um, and, and as you can tell, I've got a little bit of a reputation here. I'd like to live up to it. I'd like to point out that that common law has re- never really had an opportunity to get its legs in the USA. Uh, it had a pretty good start under the Articles of Confederation, but then Roman civil municipal government came in with the 1787-1789 U.S. Constitution document, and most of the states followed that. And so modernly, most of the counties are like what Eric said. Uh, They're just franchisees of the civil government of the state. And that is, uh, law dictionaries clearly describe that as being opposed to the laws of nature, okay, because it's it's top-down authoritarian government. That's how the Roman Empire was engineered, and that's where um, um, the, the statutory civil authority comes from, is from a top-down authoritarian model of government. In contrast therewith, um, William Blackstone wrote that um, um, uh, the common law, law of England, uh, which we inherited, is based upon the Exodus 18 model of government, and and therein um, uh, jo- uh, uh, Moses and his father-in-law were uh, his Moses' father-in-law was telling him he couldn't judge all the cases for Israel. He needed to point captains over smaller communities. Maybe you know the verse: uh, smaller communities of tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands. And thereunder, a common law county is supposed to be a thousand armed men. That's your posse comitatus, but it's supposed to be politically subdivided. A precinct in the USA proper common law jurisdiction is 100 armed men, and and there's 10 precincts to a county, and um, 
Um, if you've got your ten representatives of your county, you've got the, the that that's your county court, and and the, and and the the proper terminology for um, uh, a county under common law jurisdiction, the 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 word county itself is a French and and Roman law based word. The the proper term in in common law jurisdiction here is. We got an interruption there. No, go ahead. No, that's a background noise. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. I got a lot of calls. Right. I got the two emails from other sheriffs here. One jump in that and make a comment on what you just said. But go ahead. Um, go ahead. All right. Yeah. So, 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 um, um, and the common myth is that you sheriffs don't have any judicial power. You're just executive officers there to do whatever kind of Nazi jackbooted thub stuff that that the um, uh, the judicial officers tell you to do. That's wrong. A proper county court has the the sheriff is the county judge, and he's got general jurisdiction, judicial power, and he's got the right to to try. Uh, assemble a jury and follow due process of law. It's not that complicated. And try uh, FBI agents or IRS agents or, or, or state police or anybody that is breaching the peace in their county. That's where the real nonviolent revolution is at. And like Eric, I'm at your disposal too. If uh, 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 you want to um, uh, call on any of us, um, I'll be glad to work with you, sir. Uh, I should probably yield. I laid a lot on you there. I yield. <laughs> Sheriff, go ahead. He did oh, lay a lot on you. <laughs> yeah. He, he missed the chief conservator of the peace. Uh, your sheriff is also the chief conservator of the peace there. And, uh, it's, 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 and my understanding with that title, you have that authority to call on those uh, grand juries. And uh, uh Again, that hasn't been done in what a hundred years, <laughs> maybe more. And uh, yeah, again, it, it, it's gonna be one of those. You have to pull out an instruction book again and say, "All right, how do we do this? How do we lay this out and get it done so it's legal and proper?" So you're you not know violating what, Sheriff, You know rights. what? You know what? God, God calls upon the, the people of this country. Uh, you know, I believe, I believe you're a blessed man. I believe that, and there's a reason why we made contact with how we did. And you've made contact with the people on this phone line here tonight. And the others, there's two other sheriffs that that I've got waiting in the wings here. Actually, um, one of them has to go, and he had a question. And I'll post that in the chat box. That's fine. I understand. He has to go. He's on actually you want working to talk, control here tonight. Um, but uh, I got uh, 970 from Colorado. I got to connect him, and that, that's that sheriff right there. He's got to go. Um, but let me connect 970, and then I see 234, two, and then we'll get ready to wrap it up here. Uh, 970, go ahead from Colorado. I believe that's my friend Jim Carpenter. Go ahead. Thank you, Joseph. Yeah, what a wonderful conversation tonight. I love it. Woke people, and properly woke. <laughs> so, you know, you got to laugh at life a little bit. Sheriff, my hat's off to you. Um, my sheriff, you might have heard of him, uh, was Fred McKee from Colorado. He was president at the time of the Colorado Sheriff's Association. Um, when Bloomberg and all the high-powered money decided to come into Colorado and experiment with our gun laws, and that was about the time you got involved in your capacity, so I don't know if you would have heard about him in some of your sheriff's publications and I'm sure he made the made the front page many times. In twenty ten I went to Sheriff McKee. This is a Christian man. I went to church with him. 
one day he laughed and said, you know, he said, if anything was ever to happen in our church, our problem with law enforcement would be figuring out which bullet killed him. <laughs> so, <laughs> gives you a little background on sharing the key. <laughs> and uh, so I felt comfortable being straight up and honest with him. And I told him that I'd been called and that I would make a covenant with him as his friend and as a Christian brother that I wouldn't break the law. I wouldn't put him in an uncomfortable position. And I would honor my my covenant with my Lord. And so with that, the journey began. And I am the governor of Colorado Free State. Because back in 2010, the governors were all served um, with warrants by ward officers, and it made the front page news for about two days, and then the chatter went down. And that was right after the Michigan Church militia had gained so much notoriety because they were bad people for having a good time in the woods, and you may remember that. <laughs> so it, uh, it, uh, it took us. It took us down an interesting path of education. And, uh, you know, we're so concerned about how confused our American people are. And let's let's just get down to basics. The reason, in my humble opinion, that they're confused is we are a Judeo-Christian society at heart by our Constitution and our roots. And with that comes those rights that nobody knows how to pronounce, an elitable, an alienable. You know, they know they're out there, but they're not sure, you know, what it really looks like and how to pronounce it even. Hmm. Yet, they're all caught up in these uh, contracts that if we do, you do. And all of a sudden, the spider web has got us. And they've got us from birth because they enslave us at birth with the birth certificate. And those bonds are traded, and we're what substantiates the national debt. And that's why aborting all our kids, we need foreigners to come in to bring birth certificates because we don't have enough offspring to sustain our society anymore as white Judeo-Christians. So, let me cut to the chase because we could talk all night and into the morning and, and we could share a lot on both sides. But let me say that there is a solution. Our solution lies in our Heavenly Father and our relationship with Him. And following His laws and His commandments because there's only one lawgiver. And that is our Heavenly Father. So mm-hmm. if it's not a Him, then it is of mankind. So now we get away from common law and we get into codes and statutes and corporate law. And this is part of this confusion factor that we're all involved in. Let me say that my sheriff told me when I talked to him about a sheriff's posse and he explained what you did about the insurance and the liability and all of that. Um, he said, those members of my community that I give out 
conceal weapons permit to or my posse. I thought that was an interesting concept, but totally, you know, totally right on too. So just a plan of thought. And I understand the dilemma. And a big part of your dilemma is the people that control your paycheck. Not to say you're sold out. Don't misunderstand me. But the governing fathers of the county are the ones that really have to be moved in this issue in order for the county to find true freedom again. Um, I'd encourage you. On a private call, Joe can give you my phone number. Call me anytime, day or night. I'd love to talk to you. I admire what you're doing and your gumption to stand up and show your true moral compass. Oh, thank you. Uh, go to our website. Go to our website, republicfortheunitedstatesofamerica.org. Read the Reinhabited books by Gene and David Hertler, volumes one and two. They're about 60 bucks for the pair. They've been acclaimed by people like Perry Stone and, and uh, David Barton, and this is our future. And this is the direction that this whole show that we're going through for the last few years is where it's taken us. So I highly encourage you to get a sneak preview. You're already involved, whether you know it or not, and I applaud you for that. God bless you. Thank you, Joe. All right, you're welcome, Jim. I appreciate your your comment. I do, and and what he's commented on, Sheriff, is that you know my my podcast show is is basically is trying to restore the republic and and all the many patriots across the country that with the many different angles or whatnot and beliefs or standards that they believe in. We all believe in one thing, and that's the Constitution and our republic. And and we're watching it like we talked about earlier on the telephone privately. It's it's going down, 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 and. What do we do? How far, how long do we restrain ourselves? You're an officer of the law. You're 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 a sheriff. You have to uphold the law. And like you said, people cut your paycheck doesn't mean you're a sellout, but it means you know you have you have a job to do, and we respect that. But and with the other sheriffs that are on the line right now that are listening right now, they want me to ask this question. You know, how can we gather? Sheriff Mack has been out there campaigning, you know, constitutional sheriffs across the country, but yet there's no traction really. There's no grassroots effort that is really taking the people by a storm where we can see a change. We're not seeing any change. We're watching things just keep going down, down, down. Is is this the way it's going to be? Is what, you know, God says, you know, we read the Bible, it says it's all going downhill anyway, so well, why not? You know, I mean, let's wait for the good Lord to return. But no, we, we want to stand up and do what's right because we're good men and we're good women out there. You know, the, the, the ladies out there, I'm not trying to bash you, good ladies and good men out there. So what do we do? What do we do? You're a sheriff. Joe? You're in a county. You're elected a sheriff. What do we do? Joe, may I give you a perception? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, real quick, go ahead, Jim, go ahead. You know, the people on this call tonight, for the most part, I'm thinking, probably are 50 or older. Uh, We know what it was like before our rights became so overwhelmingly infringed and, and threatened. What they've done is they've controlled the education of our youth, and, and all they need to do is get past our generation, and they've got the cat in the bag. This is our hill, folks. 
we need to figure out who we're going to recognize as leadership and unanimously get behind that effort because this is our hill. And this is the time we have to do it. And we know that if we don't do it, somebody will do it for us. And that's a promise. Thanks, Joe. And, and Jim, and Jim, you know I've spoken with military uh, back in 2010. I sat down with high-level uh, ranking members of the military, Ron Paul, when he was running for president. I sat down with Ron Paul when we started the Restore America plan. Sat down with him in private meetings, and we talked about Navy SEALs coming in, protecting this guy, protecting this guy, because uh, we don't, because we're fighting an evil entity. Mike brought that up earlier. It's a new world order. There's evil out there. It's, it's, it's not about race, black, white, this and that. We're not going to be pigeon-toed like Mike always says also into that, that, that garbage. We're a human race. We're people. We're children of God. We're all God's children, and we want to see what's right. We want to do what's right. But we have our people in a, of, of, of authority they're the, uh, in government, the elected representatives, the people of government. Like we have one sheriff here. Sheriff, uh, can you comment on what you've heard thus far? Right here? And i got one more caller, and then we'll get ready to wrap it up. Can you uh, go ahead and uh, comment on that, what you've heard thus far? A lot of it had to do way back in the 1920s when they changed how we were uh, running our schools. A lot of them were run by churches up through the 20s, and then they took that away. And when we started getting away from the churches, which means we got away from God, which is getting away from God's law. So the question is, how do you get back to God's law? And uh, it, that, that, that is so important. And I start looking at the timeline when this happened. It was right about the same time when the Communist Party started rearing their ugly head. And uh, then you start looking at some of their documents, like from Stalin, saying they want to take over the United States, you have to basically get them away from God. And they've done a heck of a job in 100 years doing that to us. Yeah, uh, they have. They have. You're absolutely correct. Uh, 234, I'm going to connect you. Go ahead. 234, go ahead. And then we'll get ready to have a closing well, thought here. To the... Go ahead. Tave Stanley, State Ohio uh, Militia Coordinator. And I got a question I wanted to ask the sheriff. God bless him, and I, I feel for him in his job. I can only imagine the the turmoil every day that these guys go through. One of my questions is, do you have a problem where do you guys maintain your jails as the sheriff and then your municipalities around bring criminals to you? Is that how you that guys is correct. function? Okay. Yeah, we have we one centralized jail. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we only have the one centralized jail. When you get up to the, like, Grand Rapids or Detroit, they have what they call a lockup. And the lockup is basically uh, like for somebody to detox when they're really, really intoxicated. Okay. Well, we have a problem here with it uh, everywhere in the country, opposed to the, uh, the catch and release type deal going on. But we've I've seen twice now, and then I actually seen it on a newscast where the sheriff running the jail, the municipalities are coming in, but they argue with one another. The sheriff isn't letting certain people come in. They're put like if another sheriff would come in with a, a prisoner and there's five guys waiting to put somebody in the holding to process them, they, they end up getting into a fight, literally. I mean, it, yeah. it was chaos. I couldn't believe it. Are you, do you see that as a problem because of what's happening with the overall, the catch and release and the frustration that you guys have to deal with the public and the, the, the mentality of these criminals? 
because they know they're going to get it locked up and they're going to get right, let right back out. Well, what it, what it seems like to me is that we got so much into collecting money from people who broke the uh, laws that we forgot about maintaining peace. And that's what I love about Sheriff Mack. It's a constitutional officer. And I'm sorry, Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association. Peace officer. And we've kind of lost that, keeping the peace. Uh, I remember when I first started as a young officer, I had a older uh, police chief. And uh, <laughs> it was funny, he had this big, long mag light. And uh, he's <laughs> taking me around town. And he'd smack me in the vest with that mag light anytime I wanted to get my attention and tell me something. <laughs> and one of the things he one of the things he told me really really stuck in my head. He says, "You know, young man, you don't have to arrest every drunk you come across. You don't have to write a traffic citation everybody violates. Your job is dealing with assholes. And if you don't know the difference <laughs> between an asshole and a good law-abiding citizen, you're in the wrong career." Well said. And and I'm yeah, sitting going, "Oh." And you think about how the sovereign citizen thing goes on. We all talk about in this community, some of these people that pick this up and they see one view of it on a, on a show, and then they think they've got the answer, and they give you guys the hardest time. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this can't help us in any way. But then my other question before we go, I know you guys want to wrap up. I'm a big follower of what's going to happen with the Noahide laws. This you know country... What? They're called Noahide laws under Judaism. Every president since Jimmy Carter has signed these into order, and that's what's going to be the fall. It's what's going to be break down when the Vatican and the other powers that be in, in religion have come together now, and they are basically forming a one-world religion as well to follow the one-world government. The Noahide laws put in place where – there's pedophilia allowed. There's, if you speak badly against Judaism, you're beheaded. And this is no joke. This is something that has, people have to take seriously and, and do the research because it is here. We see these presidents signing it and agreeing to it because of the people that basically they're handlers. And I don't think enough people are aware of it. And I just wanted to make that point. I hope so. If you don't, if you didn't know about it or haven't, I'm sure you have heard of it in the sense. The severity of what this is is unbelievable. I've, okay. To be honest, I, I've never really heard of it. I, I know I haven't either. To be honest with you, Dave, I haven't heard of, heard of it either. Okay. N-O-A, like Noah, I-D-E, Noahide Laws. They, they base it off the Talmud, you know, their scriptures and what they, they believe in. And it's, it's, it's sinister. It's sinister where these people, you know, we think that fund Israel and do good things and take care of these people that are suffering and all this stuff. When you read what they put together and have come to control, and this is what they believe in, you retract your money and you have a different thought on these people because it's just bad. And that's, it's just it's disturbing to me to think that, we have enough problems as it is that this is creeping in. And this is something that's just like the rest of the New World government. It's a drip effect. A little bit there's here, many, there's, many factions of, there's many factions of the New World Order 
and things that we have right. to be concerned about. You're absolutely correct about that, and that, that if that's one of my look up and do some research on that. Actually, probably do a podcast okay. show on it. But while I got the sheriff uh, on the line here, I want to give him the last thoughts here uh, before I let him go. And I appreciate all the time he spent with me on the phone here. I, I, we didn't discuss that actually, how long he could spend. But he said his calendar was empty tonight, so I appreciate. <laughs> I want you to take a couple minutes address my listening audience. I have 24,000 listeners that that listen live here around around the uh, country. Um, I'm, I'm not CNN or Fox, but this is, you know, alternative media. But we support our local sheriffs. We love you guys, and, and we want you to be on our side. And we want, we, and I'm sure you, you want us on your side. Talk to us. Talk to the people out there right now. The, the message, whatever message you can send to the patriot community, the militia community, or the community there in Michigan that that's that, that's worried right now, worried about our republic. The floor is yours, sir. Go ahead. It's about education. I've, uh, like I said, this is my fifth term, and I've spent an awful lot of my time trying to educate myself on the actual office of the sheriff. And it kind of started because when I first got elected, I remember sitting in that chair in the old corner there, the building, and going, all right, now what do I do? And uh, <laughs> so I started looking into it because I knew it was more than a police chief job and then um, police, which is basically policy. You're a policy enforcer, and uh, we've always had this, uh, I can't really call it strict, unwritten policy that we're peace officers, and uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, be hired in when we had a lot of people who had many, many years of experience in how to handle people, and uh, it's it's almost like a... Uh, I don't want to call it an attitude, but more of a way of life. And uh, one of the one of the things that really changed my thoughts on even traffic citations is uh, we had this thing up on a billboard, or excuse me, a, a bulletin board, and it was saying, "Hey, people running the stop sign at this one intersection." So I work midnight shifts, so I go out there at 4:30 in the morning, and we were allowed to sit in this one guy's driveway. And uh, here it is, about 4:30, quarter to five, something like that, and uh, this pitch blackout no other traffic around and this guy does what we call a Michigan stop, just kinda rolls through it. Drive over and <laughs> Michigan I, stop. That's the first over. time I've ever heard that. <laughs> Michigan uh, stop. <laughs> you know, anyway, so I go I go pull this guy over and uh, I do that robotic thing they teach you in the academy. And uh about yeah, the reason why I pulled you over today, sir, is this, this, this. I need to see your driver's license, registration, proof of insurance, you know that and I get back to my car wrote him a ticket for disobeying a stop sign and uh, go over and hand him the ticket. The guy looks at me, and I'll never forget these words. What difference did you make? There's nobody around. And uh, I could not sleep that morning. That's how powerful just that little statement was to me. I could not sleep that morning. I ended up calling up the prosecutor's office, asked him to dismiss that ticket, and I told him why, and of course, a prosecutor there started laughing at me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. But that was one of those things early in my career that really affected me. And that's when I, the light was on. And then when I became sheriff, I tried getting that same concept into my other deputies. Uh, we had the thing called the 416 grant. And the 416 grant is, is we needed more deputies. So they decided to do this grant, and the grant number was 416 and it was secondary road patrol. 
So we were out there enforcing traffic laws, but the way they funded it was through traffic citations. And for many, many years, I've been complaining about that, saying that's a conflict of interest. You can't be doing that. You write bad tickets. Uh, the judges want to keep deputies on. They make bad decisions on the bench. We finally got that change where they're just going to fund the the helping slow down people on these back roads. And, you know, we got a lot of Amish and kids riding bicycles and all that. So uh, I guess my where I'm, where I'm going with all this is I want sheriffs out there to start focusing more on the peace rather than on the laws, the, the statutory stuff that they got out there. Um, you start focusing on the peace, the people will follow you. Amen. Amen. That, 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 that's great what you said right there. And um, I'm sure a couple of these guys that have been on the call here tonight are going to email you and con- try, try to reach out to you. And, and Sheriff, there you, you could be the foundation, the rock. And Michigan is always that state. And, look, we, we, we started out with that. Michigan, you know, the militia community. We all heard about it in the 90s when we were younger. You know, the militia, the militia. You know, we all thought about the militia coming out of Michigan. And, and that's basically, you know, what, what the foundation of this country is about, the militia. We are all militia. And, you know, you being the sheriff that, that took the voice, you took the reins here tonight to come on this podcast, and the many people that I've interviewed throughout the years, I must say I'm very so impressed. And uh, and, the, and the callers that called in here tonight were so respectful and uh, because this is live Internet radio, and believe me, I get the real fruit Loops that come on here. But, but every caller that's called in here tonight had something so substantial and uh, uh, generous to offer that's you true. for advice. It was awesome. It was great. I want to say, I want to wrap uh, it up here with Ronald Reagan here. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was say, there's a question I like. I want to ask everybody. And um, when when these militia groups get in there and they go, they're going to get infiltrated by the FBI or your state police or even maybe some of your county guys, I want to know why they're allowing these guys just to continue to plan these things. At what point is it? Are you going to be a human being and actually say, hey, guys, this is not a good idea. Um, this is who I'm with, and uh, I'm going to try and get you, steer you guys in a different direction. Instead, they go and feed it and feed it and feed it, and then next thing you know, we've got prisons tied up, courtrooms tied up, juries. Uh, people have called him. That was for Barry. What you just said right there was for Barry Croft and the other gentleman that went through the recent case right there. And God bless you, sir, for saying that. And because you're in Michigan and you know that that was bogus, what they did. And yes, hey, FBI guys out there that are listening right now, look, you're our brothers and sisters too. We're Americans. You know, do the right thing. You know, at what point are you going to say? Hey, steer these guys to do the right thing and go back to your superior and say, hey, we don't have a case here. You know, these guys ain't doing nothing wrong. You know, but by all means, if someone's out there trying to hurt somebody, do your job. Of course, do your job. Always do. If you do your job, nobody has a problem with that. But when you don't do your job and you're trying to perpetrate something that's not there, People know, and we know, the people in the Patriot community know, we're smart. We're out there. we got our ears to the ground. We're on the Internet. We're out there talking to each other in the community. We're out there meeting with each other. We're out there proactive, and that's what all these people are that cared here tonight that talked with you, Sheriff. These are people that care about their country. They love their republic. They want it back. They're, they're sick and tired of watching it slip away, and, and, and it's sad. It's sad to watch our country, our America, just fall down the way it has and the way it is. 
and and that's that what really is is a sad thing about it. But I want to say thank you so much. And I got two minutes here, Ronald Reagan, and everybody just hang up. And we're gonna go over to Mike Singer's Zoom room, uh, the privately. Uh, those of you who know where we go after that, hopefully, and uh, talk privately. But Sheriff, thank you for joining me tonight. God bless you. God bless our republic. Take care, everybody. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War, and someday, when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary, because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better rev than death, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shockers around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay, there is a point beyond which they must not advance. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material competitions. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. He said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of men on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.